Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 335 to 336 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today. Uh, Again, apologies uh, for the last uh, couple of days. Uh, We have uh, missed an episode, but uh, hoping to catch a little bit today. Uh, With the double episode today, we'll still be an episode behind, but... Uh, we'll see where this leaves us today. I mean, of course, there is only four chapters in Malachi, so uh, we'll see how much we get through. But um, what I want to do is uh, have a look at Malachi chapter two. Now, there isn't very much here that stood out to me personally. Uh, there's a lot of um, kind of condemning uh, the Jews for dealing treacherously with them um, and the people that they that they that they love. Uh, and also not keeping the covenants and teaching the people. So there's a lot of uh, really just uh, down and negative um, words here. One of my favourite ones, um, let me just uh, find that one here, uh, is about uh, one of the things the Lord has said he would do uh, with these people because they've, they've uh, corrupted his law. Uh, in verse 3, uh, it says, Behold... Um, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall and one shall take you away with it. So you know uh, that kind of sets the tone of kind of the first half of the chapter, of chapter two. But there are other issues um, that um, that the people have uh, with how they should have been living the law, and they haven't. Um, in verse twelve, it says, "The Lord will cut off the man who that doeth this." the master and the scholar out of the tabernacles of Jacob and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. So it looks like that the Lord is now saying because of their wickedness, because of their refusal to turn back to him as well, the master and the scholar, which would indicate kind of the high, um, perhaps prideful, perhaps learned people uh, in the in the group of people will not be allowed uh, to sacrifice will not be allowed to come into the tabernacle um because they're not um turning themselves to him they're not trying to change their lives they're not recognizing the mistakes they've made and humbly coming back to the lord but instead they are continuing in their in their behaviors um and so they are being cut off in verse 14 uh, it talks about uh, the wife of their youth Uh, It says, uh, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been a witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom ye have dealt treacherously, yet she is thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. So the the chapter heading suggests that the Jews are condemned for dealing treacherously with their wives. Uh, And that is, of course, something which um, is um, not a good thing. But also, I, I can see how this applies to um, the Jews' relationship with the Lord as well, that he covenantally has, is, is connected with them as well, and they are not uh, being faithful uh, to their covenant made with the Lord either. Uh, and so there is this idea of remembering when we have made covenants with the Lord that we are covenantally connected with him, that it is in some ways, in many ways, like a marriage where we should be um, connected in complete love uh, with the Lord and that he should be able to um, trust in us and that we can trust in him. And of course, he is perfect in, in his um, the way he keeps his covenant 
and he can always be trusted and relied on. But it's us that need to make sure that we are doing what we need to do to keep our side. We then get to verse 17 and it says, Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and and he delighteth in them. Or where is God, the God of judgment? So this begins what we're going to start seeing uh, in verse 3. Um, and, it, and of course, when this was first written, it was probably uh, kind of all linked into one long continuous um, revelation uh, because we start to see this um, this pattern where the people ask him, wherein have we done this? And you'll recognize that when it says, wherein have we robbed thee in, in chapter three? Uh, so this is probably linked, but uh, here uh, the Lord is saying that they are talking about how the people um, complain that they that those that do evil are good in the sight of the Lord, that those that do evil are receiving good things in their lives. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment and how the Lord responds to that. But um, we can see that in our lives today that, you know, people who are trying their best and trying to, you know, live the covenants and trying to be as close to the Saviour as they can often um, have very difficult things and often more difficult things than most other people. That's not to say that they have received those difficult things because um, they are trying to be the best they can be. And it's also not to say that it doesn't matter if we are um, living our covenants and trying to be our best. Very often some things in life, particularly things of a natural um, consequence or, well not a consequence, but a natural uh, result of living uh, in a fallen world, those things will probably have happened to us or our family or those that we know whether we were trying to live our covenants or not the difference is is how we can then get through those things uh, and it's often through living our covenants and staying close to the lord that we are able to get through not just and survive not just survive but also maybe flourish um in our faith and our and in our spirit and in our character to actually be able to learn and to grow from the experience uh, rather than become bitter and um and, well, um, cut off from the Lord, not because, again, he has cut us off, but because we cut ourselves off. Um, in chapter 3, then, we'll move into there. And uh, there's a few things going on here, too, which uh, we need to talk about. So in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, say, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come saith the Lord of hosts. So a few things to pick out here. Um, there is a few ways um, that this can be interpreted. I mean, obviously, we are referring here to the second coming. Um, and the Lord is saying how he'll prepare his messenger that shall come to the temple. Now, there is a number of... Um, instances where this could have been the case i mean obviously one that stands out to us and that we often attribute this to is uh, to elijah uh, because we will be talking about elijah in the next chapter and he did suddenly come to the temple um and restore or reveal keys uh, of the melchizedek priesthood uh, that were necessary in these last days um but 
There is also, I think, uh, other ways we can interpret this. I mean, looking at the the text uh, in the um, in verse one, it's talking about a messenger, and then the Lord will come to his temple. Well, we know that in the Lord's first coming, that John the Baptist was a messenger, and that he um, was delighted in, uh, and then the, the Lord was at that point uh, baptized, and he went to his temple. Uh, so you know, there's a number of things here, but of course, we then get to verse two. Uh, and we see that perhaps this is more to do with uh, the second coming as well. It says, But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Um, things are difficult. Um, and we know that even before the Lord comes, that this refiner's fire is probably happening today. That the sifting process of those who will stay true to the Lord and say connected to him um, despite the great difficulties in the world is really an ongoing process that has begun now. Um, Donald L. Halstrom said this, quote, in real life we face actual not imagined hardships. There is pain, physical, emotional and spiritual. There are heartbreaks when circumstances are very different from what we anticipated. There is injustice when we do not seem to deserve our situation. There are disappointments when someone has trusted, we we have trusted failed us. There are health and financial setbacks that can be disorientating. There may be times of question when a matter of doctrine or history is beyond our current understanding. When difficult things occur in our lives, what is our immediate response? Is it confusion or doubt or spiritual withdrawal? Is it a blow to our faith? Do we blame God or others for our circumstances? Or is our first response to remember who we are, that we are children of a loving God, is that coupled with an absolute trust that he allows some earthly blessing because he knows it will bless us like a refiner's fire to become like him and to gain our inher- eternal inheritance? Close quote. It is so important to remember how the Lord does indeed love us. And at times, you know, we can feel like that we're not being heard or we can feel like that his judgments are not um, doing uh, what we would expect them to. Um, and I suppose that comes down to what, first of all, our expectations are, but also how we need to understand how the blessings that come from living the covenants that we live are not necessarily going to be seen in the very moment that we keep them. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that, but one of them is, of course, that we need to live by, learn by faith. And if we were to be immediately blessed with specific things for the covenants that we have made, then I think an element of our agency would be would be lost uh, because we would no longer have to live by faith and make the choices ourselves, but we would see, I do A and B and I get C instantly. And people in the world would see that as well. They'd look at this group of people if that was the case and go, oh, well, how is this such a peaceful and prosperous life? Oh, they're doing this. And then they'll start to try that and it would be exactly like a, an exact science. And, and a lot of this has to be done by faith. And so... It is, for me, understandable why we don't always see the results of our blessings straight away. There is a timing that the Lord has. And of course, the other reason for that is that we need to develop godly attributes such as patience, such as um, faith, such as hope. Um, so that, And if in order to do that, then it, there must be times where we walk in the darkness, um, only guided by the faith and hope that 
one day that light will shine upon us once again. Uh, so it is, um, it is difficult, absolutely. Um, but the Lord is there with us and he will support and bless us. Um, in verse 7, it then says, Even from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? So this is often missed when we uh, introduce the next verse, verse 8, which starts to talk about tithing. Um, and it's talking about how the people are being told that they have gone away from the Lord, that since the days of their fathers, that they've not been keeping the ordinances, they've not been keeping close to him, uh, and that um, they are not staying true to those covenants. And so then they say, well, how are we not keeping true? Um, you know, how do, how do we need to return? Uh, they're asking that question of how they can do so. I'm going to pause there uh, for today. Uh, and what we'll do tomorrow, because I need to do another double episode really to catch up, uh, is we'll start to talk about the tithes and offerings and how that um, is uh, referred to. And then, of course, we've got a big focus on um, the redeeming work of family history as well and um, the the work that we can do in the temple. So we'll uh, kind of have two slightly larger episodes perhaps to catch up on this week, but to focus in on two of the most important principles we, we learn about uh, in these uh, chapters of Malachi. Um, one of them, I mean, tithing is important and it is something we need to learn about and something which uh, we can learn quite a bit from in this chapter. But the, the principle of the salvation of the dead um, is probably one of the most important things we have been re- that have been restored to us. Not to mention, the, well, I'll talk all about that later when we talk about it, but uh, it is a, um, a really important part for us to consider. So thank you so much for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed the study and please do join us for the remaining uh, couple of days this week. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll have completed the Old Testament, which again is incredible to consider. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.